Welcome to the Secrets of Confident Women podcast, where you'll learn all the best tips, tricks, and practical techniques for building the confidence levels you've always wanted. With inspiring interviews, real-life examples, and game-changing insights, this podcast is for women who know that mastering the skill of confidence is one of the most important things they'll ever do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode. This is Jodie, and today I'm thrilled to be interviewing Kelly Lewis, a women's travel entrepreneur and empowerment leader who has just recently released her brilliant new book titled Tell Her She Can't, where she shares the true stories of 35 inspirational women who overcame the naysayers, or what Kelly terms the blockmakers, to achieve impossible dreams. And we all know a few blockmakers, don't we? <laughs> They're the people who stand in our way, get in our heads, and fill us with all kinds of self-doubt. And as Kelly says, if left unchecked, it's their limiting voices that become our own. She says that when we meet a blockmaker, we have two choices. Either accept their words as truth and give up, or use those words as fuel to prove them wrong. And it's the latter that Kelly has spent her life doing. Growing up, Kelly was constantly told by others that she'd never succeed. But instead of letting the negativity rule her life, she proved them wrong, became a successful entrepreneur and someone who doesn't take kindly to being told that she can't. Kelly then started interviewing women from around the globe about resilience and their own determination to prove their naysayers wrong, which expanded into over 100 interviews shared through her Tell Her She Can't podcast and now in her new book. The book is fabulous, the stories are incredible and I just can't wait to learn more insight and wisdom from Kelly today. So Kelly, welcome to the Secrets of Confident Women podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Great. And launching your new book, I know you're a very busy woman, so we really appreciate your time with us today. You know, I really resonated with these stories because so much of the, you know, we obviously we talk confidence for women, but so much of that is believing in yourself, you know, moving away from the naysayers, you know, pushing yeah. through the people who tell you you can't do something, which, you know, we've all got those people in our lives. So I thought this was such a perfect link between what you're writing about and confidence, what we talk about. So thank you for being here. And I can't wait to ask you some of the questions I've got for you today. But firstly, tell us a bit about yourself and your journey. Sure. Um, my name is Kelly Lewis. I am an entrepreneur in the women's travel space. Mm. So I have helped women to travel the world for about the past 12 years Um but before that, I was, you know, a young girl growing up in Hawaii, always very curious about what the world, you know, beyond the shore yes. looked like. <laughs> but I grew up in a home that was full of, you know, family members who were pretty abusive and yeah. who, you know, who who pulled me down physically and emotionally. And I really had to kind of build up the kind of mental strength to get through that because it kind of, it, you know, felt like every single day I was really fighting. Um, and so in the end though, what that did for me is it made me super, super resilient and strong and defiant. Yes. And I think for 
a lot of women in particular, like defiance is not generally always a great trait. <laughs> like yes. we don't socialize women <laughs> yeah. to be defiant. Yeah. Um, but I really do believe that change begins with the spark of defiance. Yes. And, I love that. you know, luckily I had that in spades. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your story, you wrote it, but you know, at the beginning of your book and throughout the book, there's parts of your story in it, which was fascinating. And just to see, like, there are so many people that could just fall into that place and and blame that background or blame the other people in their lives for the outcome of why they why they fail yeah. or they haven't become anything. And you didn't. You just took. There was something in you that went, "This is not my life. This is not how it's. This is not how it's going to be dictated to me." And I'm yeah. changing. What was that? You know, what was that real? Was it that the word that defiance of just then you going, you know. I'm, yeah, ma- I'm making this, this happen. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I always had this inner voice inside of me that like anytime I was put down or told, you know, that I was fat or I was whatever, yeah. there was always a voice in me that's like, screw you. No, I'm not. Right. You I know? love it. Like yes. I know that I'm not. Yeah. Even when I'm like five, six years old, I knew that I wasn't what they were saying I, I was. Yeah. And of course, when you're young, you know, you're also confused. You're like, yeah. but why would they say that? Yeah. Right. And so then you, that begins a lifelong journey of figuring out, you know, how to not always be asking why, yeah. you know, how to not hold that inside of ourselves. But I was also lucky in that my mother, you know, when I was 11, she sat me down and she said, like, I'm so sorry for the way things are, but you have two choices. You know, you can let this destroy you yeah. and, you know, whatever happens with your life, if you turn to drugs later on, no one's going to blame you for that, but, you know, or you can use this as fuel to become better than they are. Yeah. And I, that was kind of the moment that I was like, I am like hell or high water. I am getting through this yeah. and my life will not be defined by this. Like yeah. I will, I will be the creator of my life and I will create the path that I want for myself. Yeah. And, and I was 11 yes, years old learning that. Phenomenal. So. It's phenomenal. But it's really that turning point that had you step out of, you know, it's really that the pain of it's the, it's the other people's pain. It's their limitations and what they're going through. But yeah, to be 11 and to really get that insight and make a deal with yourself to go, yeah. this is happening, girlfriend. <laughs> like where yeah. we are going to make this happen is really, you know, that's part of your inspirational story and and you have, which is fantastic. So so tell us, you know, we, we start with the same questions for, for everyone, but what does confidence or being a confident woman mean to you? I think that being a confident woman means believing and trusting in yourself yeah. and believing and knowing that you are strong enough, that you are capable enough and that you know who you are, yes. you know, even if you live in a world or an environment where people are sending you mixed messages and you don't feel like you're very certain on things. Like I think tapping into that, that real stillness and that power inside of us, that to me is the vein of confidence. And that's where it begins. And, you know, for me, it's like, (laughs) I'm in my mid thirties and I think, you know, my twenties, I was just, just running. I was traveling the world. I was having experiences. I was just like, nobody's going to hold me back. I'm doing it. And then in my (laughs) thirties, then I was like, 
oh crap, I am not okay. (laughs) I need to work on this because, you know, somewhere inside of me, these voices still live. And so that's, that's kind of the, the impetus behind this book and, and the journey that I'm on in my own world. Um, and it's not just me. That's, that's why I wanted to share these stories is like every strong woman that I know has gone through some tough times. So you know, I think there's universal learning in that. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's our whole premise is it's no matter what age, what decade you're in, you can be confident in certain parts of your life and then it just disappear. It just, something happens. You've got different challenges. You've got different, you know, life parts. People are having kids. People are trying to go back to work after having kids. You have a divorce. Like sometimes things just hit you and maybe sometimes the old skills or the old bravado that we had that got us through doesn't work anymore. And we need to learn different skills. And we talk often about confidence as being that ongoing skill that you need to work on. You don't get confidence. And then it's like, Oh, great. There you go. That's done. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely a lifelong practice, but I do believe that it comes from tackling the things that are really difficult or that you fear and proving to yourself that you got it, like that you can do it. And so, you know, it's, it's an overtime process of, you know, building up that resolve and doing things that you're just like, Oh my gosh, was that me that did that? Like I, you know, in my book, I talk about how I, I bungee jumped off the Macau Tower. Yeah. I'm like that, I am not the person that's like trying to book a bungee jump, you know, yeah. like yeah. I, it, there are times when I think like, oh my God, was that actually me? Or did like an alien inhabit my yeah. body and get me to do that? <laughs> yes. You know, but it's doing these things over and over. But then, then you're like, yeah, but I actually did yes. that, you know? And like, and I did figure it out and I did, you know, move out at 17 and I did start a six figure business on my own and yeah. I did, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. so that is what builds up your confidence and yes. your strength to keep doing things that are hard. And I think that's, I mean, that is the whole point of life. And, and, you know, I do believe that sometimes we get so stuck in our rut with life and life just kind of kicks us around and you get into your routine. And especially if you have a family and responsibilities and you forget that you're still the pilot of your life, you know, you are not the passenger, like you get to make the decisions on how and where your life goes. And so yeah, so that's the central message of this book. And I proved it 35 times over yes. by sharing so many different stories yeah. so that there's really no doubt. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think you're so right. It's moving. It's 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 keep moving. It's keep challenging yourself. It's keep being proud of yourself. It's keep looking, looking, looking all the time about what I've done. What can I do? Keeping moving to prove to yourself constantly, we've totally got this. We've got this resolve in us to just as you say pilot our our own journey but you've got to keep making those decisions and pushing outside the comfort zone to to do that so oh brilliant so when are you the most confident version of yourself Kelly bungee jumping I (laughs) you know I feel the most confident when I am traveling I feel the most free when I am traveling I feel just like especially when I'm traveling solo yeah, um, because it's really on me. Like the yeah. experience that I have is on me. If I want to meet people, it's on me to do that. If I don't, that's fine too. Like I get to make all the decisions and that's, you know, that really is the stuff that 
that formed me. And I think before I was ever talking about personal development in any kind of way, I was going out and traveling and that was proving to me that I can. And like, you know, oh man, you hiked Machu Picchu. Like you can do this. You You navigated China without being able to speak the language. Like you got this. So I think there's little things in travel that teach us so much about ourselves and our strengths. Absolutely. And I really resonated with that part of your story in the book because in my 20s I often travelled solo and preferred it at that <laughs> at that point. And I've, I find exactly the same. Travelling by myself, I could be whoever I wanted. There was no preconceived this is who you are or what have you, but it was all on me. It was about me really it was a proving to myself that I could do it, that I could turn up in Spain and find somewhere to sleep that night and, you know, go to Turkey and catch a bus around and and work it out. You know, there was those sort of moments that you just keep having to prove to yourself and you're outside your comfort zone by, you know, a long shot in some things, especially when there's language barriers or cultural barriers, but you do it and it does, it, it perpetuates this really energy of oh god I did that I'm so like I've you know and there were a few nights where I'm like oh my god (laughs) like what am I doing I mean it's how you become unstoppable though it's by like by by doing things over and over again and then you're like gosh I can do literally anything like you can drop me in any metropolitan city on this planet and I can figure out the metro system you know yeah yeah there's there's kind of a a strength that comes from that there is there is yeah no it's it's travel so important and we're, we're going to, I've got a question about that a little bit later. But listen, early on in the book, you provide three different explanations about what you think the word can't actually means. And obviously, the title of your book. And the first one really resonated with me. You said that often I can't is just another way of saying I'm scared. And I think that is so true. You know, I talk a lot about fear and what, it, you know, how it holds us back and often damages our confidence. So based on the women that you've spoken to, how often do you think it's this particular version of I can't that comes up and what impact do you think fear has on our confidence and self-esteem? Oh gosh, I think fear is probably the most common one. Yeah, right. And I I I think sometimes when we say this to ourselves, it's almost like a brush off. Like, oh, I can't do that. Like, you know, it's just an easy way to close what could maybe be an option in your life because genuinely what it is, is you're scared. Like you're afraid of what it's going to take to do it or what people will think of you if you do it or, you know, how, how your life will change and the life of people that you love will change. So I think it's really, especially, you know, I, and I do it, I have to catch myself all the time being very particular about the language that I use with myself because that's my default, right? It's like, if I get anxious or if I get scared, I just go, oh, I can't, I can't, you know, and you just kind of close the door. Yes. But then for me, it's like, if it's a, if it's an idea that I really do think that is meant for me, it keeps coming back to me. Yeah. And then at night I'm like, can I though? Like, can I really (laughs) not do it? Or can I figure it out? Because I really believe I can figure out almost anything. So I think fear, and that's, that came up so often in the interviews that I was doing is, you know, I would ask everyone, everyone in the book, I said, you know, who told you that you can't and how did you prove them all wrong? And so often they were like, but I'm the one telling myself that I can't, like it's me. And sometimes, sometimes that's just fear speaking up and saying like, you know, mm -mm, Mm. 
it's more comfortable in the comfort zone. Yeah. So let's take a step back and go back there. You yeah. Know? yeah <laughs> like, exactly. And some, I mean, and I do believe sometimes it is like socialized and it wears off on you from other people around you and their own limiting beliefs and their own fears. And it's really hard when that's the case because, you know, somebody, for example, let's say you're a little kid and you like art. And then a teacher tells you, you know, I don't think art's the path for you. (laughs) So then you think I can't do art. Right. So then you hold that in your body until your thirties or late twenty, whenever it comes out again. And you're like, but I really love art, but I can't do art. Mm. Right. And it keeps you back. And it was that one little sentence, that one little time that you just internalized that. And like, and so really examining why we are afraid and where, how far it goes back and where we hold those stories, I think is the key to erasing them and unlocking them and proving to ourselves that we can. Yeah. And it's funny because isn't it always that, and often with clients, we, you know, we go back and I'm challenging, you know, who said you can't and do that and who, what, like, where did that come from? And it is, it's one person, one time, generally, it's that one teacher, that one person, that one kid at school. And it's like, we grab onto that. And that becomes like, you know, like I was saying in the intro, that internal dialogue, their limitations, their view becomes ours. And it really is challenging that. And seeing it for one person, one time, and the kid was, you know, 12, like, or something. Yeah, like, totally. Why and, am I, mean, I you're 30 still listening to that yeah. person? Like, you know, it's really, it's finding that and really getting to the conscious level of that, isn't it? To question, what the hell am I still saying that to myself for? Totally. And one thing that I was kind of surprised by in doing all these interviews is how often educators are the one who say that we can't. That really hurt my heart. And I was Mm. not expecting that. And you have to like, as adults, we can say like, oh, well, they're, they're clearly burnt out or they're, you know, trying to guide you in the, what they think is the right direction for you. I don't necessarily think that educators are out there trying to hurt kids, but (laughs) we have to be mindful of our language because that one little sentence could change the course of someone's life, yes. right? And yeah. and could end up depriving the world from beautiful creations that might have otherwise existed. Yeah, so. absolutely. And I clearly remember Mrs. Wells in year three telling me that I was no good at spelling. Like I can see her standing over my desk and I still have a concept that I'm no good at spelling. Although if you ask my business partner, she'll still say I'm terrible at spelling, but... <laughs> It's that belief that, I, you know, that internal dialogue and, yeah. you know, the careers advisor, I think I've, I wrote a bit in my book about the careers advisor when I was in year nine, I think I was saying, I'd love to be a lawyer. And he was like, you're not going to get the marks to be a lawyer. You know, like I was in year nine. Like, it- Yeah. Yeah. I hear that all the time, especially for the women of color that I interviewed right. like that. Yeah. It was even, it was way even worse. Like guidance counselors being like, don't even try for Harvard, you know, like why don't you try community college and they're getting straight a honor students. I mean, just, yeah. And of course they didn't listen. Right. But that becomes the, that's where their defiance kicks in. Cause they're like, uh, uh, like I am, I am on this trajectory and I'm chasing my dreams and I don't care what you say. But it is, it it was surprising. That was like a surprising yeah. finding of and the whole process. What's scary and 
more hurting the heart is the people that did listen that we we will never know about because they're not being interviewed as defying you know they listened and went to community college and didn't become all that they were able to be or 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 were you know or could have been because they listened and they believed someone else's limitation so yeah and that's who this is for right and that's like those are the women that I'm getting emails from now that really are just so inspiring because it's like, yes, girl, you can write horror books if you want to. Like, you don't have to be an accountant if you <laughs> don't want right. to. Like, you can do whatever you want. You That's know? right. I love it. So we talked before about your love of travel and it seems to be really at the core of everything you do. You've been on seven continents. You've had some incredible experiences. And you say that you take particular joy in traveling solo, knowing that your own capabilities and instincts are enough to protect you. So how do you think this sense of independence and belief in yourself and your capabilities has helped you maintain higher levels of confidence in your adult life? I mean, every single day I am challenged in some capacity and I always think back on the challenges that I have overcome to remind myself that I know what's best and I can get through what I am facing, you know? And I mean, just yesterday is a perfect example. I run group tours, um, group women's tours, and I had to make a really difficult decision to cancel a tour or postpone a tour to Morocco, which is one of my favorite places. But, you know, I really, I hemmed and hawed over it forever, but I knew in my gut what what the decision needed to be. And I have spent so long trying to trust that voice and I still continue to try to push myself to trust that voice. But travel is what gave me that voice, right? Is what gave me that like gut intuition, like, "Mm -mm, don't think I should go there right now. You know, I don't, it's not feeling easy. That's the other thing that I've also noticed is like when something is aligned for you, it's just moving, you know, and it's just in flow. This book was certainly a good example of that. These women's stories came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like they all found me in like a perfect, easy alignment kind of way. Yes. When it's feeling hard, when things keep popping up and challenging it, like sometimes you just have to step back and be like, why is this so difficult? Yeah. You know? like, yes. I think there is a lesson here that I can step back and look at because I don't, you know, it shouldn't be this hard. Like it yeah. shouldn't be this challenging. So, yeah. um, and travel's taught me that too. It's like, if yes. it's just not working, like find plan B, yes. you know, if, yes. if everything is falling apart, there's some, there's a lesson or a message or something that you need to find you know, in looking at the alternatives. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about before, it is that sense of travel when you just have to rely on yourself and it's traveling solo definitely, but even traveling at all, there's so many uncertainties that come every day, all day. You don't have your local coffee shop that you go to. You don't know where to get lunch. You hardly know how to speak the language. You don't know, you know, you're dealing with uncertainty every single minute. And that Getting through that is where, as we we're talking about before, that resolve and belief in yourself to go. I can just, I'm going to work this out. <laughs> like, and that's that yeah. real baseline of confidence because there's nothing that you're expecting, and you've got to be on the lookout for things that are totally unexpected that you need to stay away from. You've, you know, to protect yourself and to be safe. So you're in that heightened sense of viewing the world, don't you think? You're on the lookout, but you're also trying to just to get lunch is a challenge or making sure I'm going to find my hotel for the night or my hostel or, but 
that really builds something for people, doesn't it? And you work a lot now with women traveling by themselves. Do you find that that's that step that they're learning? That's something about themselves and coming away more confident in believing that they can do it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think that, you know, getting out there, right, is what shows you that you can go other places too. You know, taking that one trip leads to the next one, leads to the next one. And I also think, you know, when it comes to traveling solo, one of the great lessons too is like, there is no right or wrong way. And even traveling in a group, like there is no right or wrong way. You know, you don't always have to find the most perfect lunch spot. Sometimes you just need a sandwich and that's that's okay too, right? We put so much pressure on ourselves. And so it's like, okay, well, maybe I just ate like a deli turkey sandwich, but I'm in the middle of Rome. So I'm still winning. And enjoy. Yeah. Look at the people. Exactly. Okay. In the latter part of the book um, titled uh, Building Resolve to Never Doubt Your Vision, you provide five tools to triumph at the end of the chapter. And I just, I love them all, but my favorites are definitely number two and number five, which talk about not letting other people limit you and about removing the blockmakers from your life. So who are the blockmakers and why do you think it's so important for women to be surrounded by the right people if they want to succeed? succeed? So blockmakers to me are naysayers, people yeah. who jump in and say, Mm-mm, that's not for you. Yeah. Or, you know, oh, that's, that's cute. But I don't really think that you're <laughs> going to be good at that, you know? know? Yes. And honestly, sometimes when they're saying that, I don't necessarily think that it's always coming from a malicious place. No. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just like, oh, I don't want to see you struggle. And I don't want to see you hurt if yeah. this doesn't work out for you. Yeah. Right. But blockmakers are really the people who like pop up and yes. they're like, nope, you this, this is not the path I see for you, right? So we really have to keep doing the work to be like, thank you. I honor your opinion, but I'm not going to hold it. Yes. And so I'm oh, going to keep that. doing this because this is the path that I see for myself. So so that's what blockmakers are. Yes. And then, <laughs> and then remind me again, the second part, half of that question. Uh, like, why do you think it's so important for women to be surrounded by the right people if we want oh, yeah. to succeed? So if you are surrounded by blockmakers, like you will not live the life that you're destined to live, yes. right? I think you'll, and you'll know that, like, there's going to be a part of you where you're just like, I'm just not in alignment because I'm not I know that I'm more than this. I know that I have bigger dreams than this. And I know that I'm capable of achieving them. But for Mm. some reason, everyone around me is making it really, really hard. And that sucks, you know, and we have to, I think particularly for women, because we often seek approval when we have ideas more so than men. Yes. Like if, you know, if we have a business idea and we say it to the wrong person, especially if it's one of the first people we tell and they say, I don't know, you know, if it could be done, like, don't you think somebody else could have done it? Like if they give us that kind of feedback, it's really easy for us to be like, you're right. That's probably a silly idea and just kind of brush it off. Right. But like, we really like, if that keeps coming back to you, even after that, like you have to trust that that is meant for you. And, you know, we really have to find circles of women or supporters who pump us up and it doesn't have to be women it can be you know our partners or people who are like yeah babe why don't you try that like give it a go yeah absolutely buy the domain yeah you know like buy the website start that and see how it goes and and we'll encourage you along the way instead of 
instantly being full of their own fear, yes. triggered by their own limiting beliefs, you know, and that's so important. And I just, I want all of these like beautiful ideas that we have as humans to be able to come out and not yeah. to be stifled by the block makers. Like, yeah. Yeah. We are creatives. The block make, it's what's going on for them, isn't it? It's not. Yeah. And it's yeah. their view and it's of generational. The, yes, it is. Like it, yeah. it is, you know, it's generational. So like my mother grew up, you know, in poverty. So she always has a poverty mindset. Yes. So if I say, Hey, I want to start a restaurant. She's going to be like, Whoa, yeah. the money's not going to be there. <laughs> yes, right. Yes. But her mother before her was the same way. Yeah. So it sometimes isn't even like it goes so far back yes. because we just are kind of like conditioned it, it's in that. through our lineage. Yeah. So yes. we really have to pop up when it's our family and be like, I, I thank you. And I respect you for your opinion, you know, but like, I'm going to try it out. Yes. And I hope that you'll respect me on that journey also. Yeah. And it's hard to say that because, you know, it's, it's hard to, you want to please everyone. Yes. <laughs> like it's hard to, to be like, I don't believe you, but it, you know, you just have to find a nice way to, to, to hold your own ideas and truth and follow that light yeah. and not let other people dim it. Yeah, and absolutely. We often say to people, you got to change the balance. So if there are some people in your life that are the block makers or the naysayers and their family members who, you know, generally hold a bit more weight in their opinions than Joe Bloggs on the street or what have you, you've got to consciously go out and actually tip the scale in having more non-block makers or more people around you that are the ones that are saying, yeah, you should definitely try that. Or yeah, I, I just bought a website and started and you can do that. And I gave it a go and I think you can too. If you've got more of those voices around you, then the block makers' voices or the naysayers' voices aren't as strong anymore because the, the scales have been tipped. You've got more people around you going, yeah, girlfriend, you go for that. That's awesome. I think you'd be great at doing such and such and such. But you've got to consciously go find those people. And it's being, you know, it's really getting out into places where those entrepreneurs live, those people who are chasing dreams, those people who are risking things and whether it's women's networking groups or business meetings or, you know, a different group of friends of people who are, you know, talking personal development or talking about ideas and you've got to go get those people and start having lunch with them is what I say, you know, you got to find those people yeah, to have lunch with totally because it's that influence in those voices that then you start to question then the naysayers who have been louder in your life to go there's other people yep. out here that believe I can do it so then I I get that confidence to maybe give it a go and and push through totally yeah and then what's funny is like those people who are supporting you they lift you through and pass up absolutely up over the block makers and then once you get to the other side then the block makers are like yeah. Oh yeah, look at her go. And then they That's become right. your supporters. They're just That's late right. to the game. And so, it's inspiring them because as we're saying, it's it's sometimes it's their view on the world, their fears, their poverty mindset, their oh, that can't be done attitude. But when they start to experience people around them also doing things, then they start to question those things for themselves, right? You know, I often, I said to a lady, we had a lady at uh, one of the workshops I did a couple of weeks ago, and she was like oh, you know, do you do things for teenagers? I want my daughter, my daughter's going confidence and da, 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 da. And we, you know, we don't at this point do, do a workshop for teenagers. But I said to her, the best thing you can do is be confident yourself. Like she had so many confidence issues, but she sort of wanted her daughter to 
like rise without without her doing the work. It's like you do the work, you push the boundaries, you be that confident person, you start changing your language and the way she will learn. She will be inspired by that and come along with you, you know. Uh, 100%. Be the change we want to see in the world as the old quote says. Totally. Yeah. And like I also think, you know, for me a lot of like the negativity that I was hearing when I was younger was around yeah. my body, you know, oh, you're, you're too fat. Oh, you're, you know, you're too short, you're whatever. And like, I really just had mm. to train myself to believe that I was a yep. confident person and to believe like, I yep. love that body. You know what I mean? Even if I didn't actually yep. believe that, like I had, to, even if I wasn't yep. totally sold on that, I really had to, to, to step into the shoes of someone who is totally confident. And now my weight could go up 50 pounds. It could go down 50 pounds and I'm always going to feel that way. Yeah, it's training. Absolutely. Okay, so with everything you've achieved and experienced over the years, there must be some resources that you've come across that have really helped you with both your success and with your confidence. So what what are the best tips and best resources that you've got that have helped you along the way? Uh, Louise Hayes, you can oh, heal your I life. Love it, love it, love it. One hundred yes. times. Yeah, <laughs> my paperback copy is worn out. Yes, I mean from her, I learned about mirror work. Yes, um, I have a daily journaling practice. Great. And when I really was ready to make big changes in my life, particularly in my relationships and who was attracting, who I was attracting, yes. I really had to do therapy, talk therapy. And then I did Reiki. I did hypnotherapy. I did, you know, everything that I could do. And, um, yeah, gosh, those were some of the best resources. And then when it came to like building my life that I wanted and building my business, um, Denise Duffield Thomas and money bootcamp, she's she's actually Australian. She's amazing. Okay. We'll look Um, her up. Yes. She was great. So, you know, and it's just, just, finding stillness as often as you can. I always have to remind myself of that because, you know, at night I sometimes will find myself watching TV while on my phone. And I'm like, I am just, there's just so much input coming into my life. So finding stillness has really been such a great like resource. And for me, sometimes it only happens in the morning over coffee, but those are my favorite moments. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Because you have to just listen to what what's going on in your own head without all that external input, isn't it? Because that's when the thoughts come and the inspiration comes and the ideas can't generate if you've been bombarded with social media, TV, all the all the other things. So fabulous. And I love that you talked about Louise Hay. That was my turning point. So my, my mother gave me You Can Heal Your Life when I was like 12, 13 years old. And that was my, she had a, she was diagnosed with a brain tumor and, you know, when I was that age and went on her own healing journey. But that was my first, you know, first resource to go, what I choose my thoughts. But to know that now, to know that I was given that gift at 12, I mean, that's just, yeah, that set me up. That really set up my life. So it's, that book is a, a real turning point for me that, I get to choose my thoughts, which then dictates my beliefs, which then dictates my life. That was like a revelation. <laughs> yeah, totally. My my mother kind of raised me on those same beliefs. And when I was angry and rebellious, you know, she would be like, but you chose this. Like yeah. you chose all of these players in your life. 
before you came here for whatever reason, whatever yeah. lesson. And I, and I would be like, no, you chose it. You, know? <laughs> you married him, yes, you know, like yes. I was so mad that yeah. she's right. And as an adult, now I see like everything had a purpose. And for me, writing this book was the closure of my own yeah. trauma loop. And it gave all of that trauma a meaning and a place to go and potentially help others who are in the midst of their trauma loop. So that was the point, right? So like that was, that was the point of it all. Absolutely. Even looking back 35 years and it's, it's, yeah, it's a really beautiful way of, of recognizing that sometimes you have to go through pain, right? You have to go through the hard things to get to the meadows. And, and ultimately if you can find a way to, take your pain and turn it into some kind of a purpose or give it a meaning or a place to go to help. That is really like, that is when you become unstoppable. And there are so many women in my book who have done that. You know, one example I can think of is a woman who lost her leg. Her leg was amputated as a child. And now she started a foundation that helps children in developing nations get access to prosthetic limbs. Oh, I know. Amazing. So like that's angel work, yeah. right? But yeah. that is only a, something that she could do. Like I could never do that because that's not, I have no affiliation to the cause. I have, like, that's not my story. Yes. Right. So when you can take your own pains, your own unique journey and really like use it to affect change and to give it all meaning, like that is such a beautiful circle. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Now I'm going to put you on the spot because I was reading through some of the stories last night and, you know, they're all so amazing, but I'd love to know who is the one woman that really, like, is there one story in the book that really stood out for you that you connected to? Yeah. So what's funny about this book is every single story I love, right. And they all tell such different things. Like some women in the book have Guinness book of world records. Some women have traveled to every country in the world. But for me, my favorites are the ones that are just ordinary, right. That have just gone through like my, my friend Ray master, who's in the book, you know, her story is going through a difficult relationship and leaving a very conservative religion that always told her that she couldn't and finding her voice amidst that. And I always think about her story because she, she shares this part of it where she's like, you know, when I got out, I just decided like anything that I wanted to do, I was going to try and nobody was going to tell me that I couldn't. And it's small things. Like she went, she took pottery classes and realized she hated them. She took Spanish (laughs) classes, but like, you know, she learned Krav Magra, like anything that she wanted to try, she tried. And it's so funny because that's the, that's the gold, right? Like those are the things, but you know, she and so many other ladies in the book, when I, when we talk about their stories, they all said, well, compared to Yes. You know, her, like my story is nothing. Oh. And I'm like, no, your story is everything. Yes. Your, story it's your story is everyone's yes. story. Yes. Right. And it's the universal story yes. of, you know, proving to ourselves that we can and believing that we can. And in big and small ways, like you don't have to walk across Antarctica yes. to believe that you are a worthy person. Yes. Yeah. But some, if that's your calling, then maybe you do. Right. Yeah. So like, <laughs> yes. you know, 
Absolutely. And um, different people connect to different stories. So it's, you know, it's totally. so different. Everyone's, we want everyone's story to be heard because it'll connect to different people and also at different times of our lives, different things resonate with us. So it's, yeah, it's yeah. it's a wonderful book. It's a really wonderful book. And we'll put the link to, to your book in the show notes and so people can go and get the book. Oh, look, so now we're going to finish with our Rise Women final power questions, which we ask every guest. So, Ooh. Kelly, what do you wish every woman knew? You can do anything. Yes, love that. Like I wish every woman knew unshakably that they yeah. could do Anything. Anything. I know. Wouldn't the world be an incredible place if we if we did that? Yeah. Oh my goodness. And what is your superpower? Mm, I'm exceptional at finding cheap flights. Oh, I love that. That's a good one. And you know, not that we could take advantage of that currently in Australia, but that's a very good skill to have. Cheap flights. I love it. Heels or flats? Are you a heels or a flats girl? Flats all day, preferably boots. Yes, boots. Good, good. Uh, your favorite quote or rule to live by? Gosh, that's such a good one. Oh, um, do you have a, like a mantra that you live by or a? I mean, honestly, yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's so simple. It's so on brand, but like I, I've got it. Yeah. I've got it almost in neon lights. Like I'm creating like a neon light for my office that oh. simply says, yes, you can. Oh, because that be every awesome. day it's so hard, you know, yeah. like, like life and business is so hard sometimes yes. and it's just a necessary reminder. Yes. Got it. I agree. And I'd love a neon sign that said that. <laughs> so we'll look out for your Instagram pages when that comes up. Um, who inspires you and why? Probably a big question with the amount of amazing women that you've interviewed. You know, <laughs> I am so fortunate that I spend my days and my professional life around so many inspiring women. But, you know, gosh, I dedicated the book to my younger self. Oh, so okay. That was something that I I did I did read that and wondered who because it's not your name, is it? <laughs> no. No. So when I was young, I couldn't pronounce my L's. So I used to call myself Coggy. Oh. And when it came time to dedicate the book, I thought about that like pure little girl who just was so full of love, right? And yeah. who still exists inside of me. And I asked my friend, I said, who should I dedicate the book to? And she was like, dedicate it to your damn self. Yes. <laughs> like, you know what? I'm going to dedicate it to her because she didn't quit. Like, and she refused to believe yeah. these things. Yeah. And I think if I can remember, I think it says we, we made it. Is it that? We made it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. what, yeah, so this there one's you go. How emotional. See, I've never asked a question about that, never realizing that that's you, but that is that's almost made me tear up. That is so yeah, beautiful. Me too. It makes you cry almost. That like, is so beautiful, you know, and, we, and we'd never know that. So I'm so glad you shared that story with us because it is, you know, especially reading your story and what you know what you went through and what you had to, the change you had to make for yourself in in how you thought about yourself and what you believed about the world, is truly inspiring, and and it should be dedicated to her. Because she yeah. fought like hell. She did. She did. She sure did. And she, I mean, and like, she still is within me, right? Yeah, so, for sure. Um, I'm just, yeah. So every, I think sometimes too, especially for me, like I'm kind of the person that's always chasing the next goal. And I yeah. 
I very rarely stop and celebrate. And so I try very hard to honor her. So, yeah. (laughs) Oh, I love that, Kelly. That's the best story. That's lovely. I'm so glad we... I'm so glad we stumbled upon that. That's fantastic. I love it. (laughs) Now finish last one, finish this sentence. If I had even more confidence than I do now, I would? I would, I mean, I just think of like a rocket ship. Like I I would blast off into the stratosphere. Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) Just take on any dreams that you just start, you just take on to the next level and. Yep. Just go for it. Just go for it. Like we're here in this one time, in this one space, in this body, yeah. you know, at this moment. Yeah. So just do it. Do it. I love it. Absolutely. Now I'm going to finish because there's a sentence at the end of your book where you state, sometimes you have to prove to yourself over and over again that you can. And that really resonated with me because it's such an ongoing journey And it's so wonderful to have books like yours that bring these stories to the forefront and make them so accessible to all of us who still need a daily reminder that we can. It is an ongoing journey. I thank you so much for what you've provided in this book. It's full of beautiful, inspirational, kick-ass women who just make stuff happen. And I know that the stories and people reading those stories will make other amazing kick-ass women step up and make new things happen. So thank you so much for joining us today and thank you for this beautiful book and your beautiful story. It's been it's been lovely talking to you. Oh, yes, girls, go do it. Go do it, absolutely. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. You know, it's, it's just a real honour to be able to do this kind of work and have these conversations and, you know, I hope that, that this – conversation inspired someone to go do something that you know they maybe didn't think they could do and if so I really like reach me on the internet everywhere at go Kelly Lewis or at we'll put all the links yeah we'll put all the links on our show notes so write to Kelly if you go if you go and kick ass (laughs) after this then make it happen no absolutely yes And thank you to everyone for listening today. And remember, there are so many ways that we can help you become the confident woman you've always wanted to be. So please get in touch or visit us at risewomen.com. We want to ensure that confidence is every woman's new normal. And we do that by getting our programs and resources out to as many women as possible. So until next time, remember, with confidence, anything is possible. Bye for now. 